It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Washington football team, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, everybody, we welcome you to a final episode of Locked Up Washington football team podcast for the week. We will hear from Jack Del Rio, Ron Rivera on this particular episode, which is brought to you by our friends, of course, at Pepsi. That's right. You know the deal by now. If you don't, you should, because we've been telling you about Pepsi for the entire season, a season that will be unlike any other, very different. And Pepsi is here to fuel you through game day. That's because Pepsi is made for those who watch the game, not for those who play the game, which means you and me. And Monday at 5 o'clock Eastern, we'll watch together. I'll be at Heinz Field in Pittsburgh. You'll be wherever you are, but we'll all be drinking an ice cold Pepsi or Diet Pepsi because Pepsi is made for football watching. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from our friends at Pepsi. All right, so away we go here on the Locked On Washington Football Team podcast. It's going to be a little bit of a different uh, edition because um, we practice has been moved inside for the Washington football team, which I was going to attend uh, on Friday afternoon. So we now cannot attend. We cannot attend. Um, and because we won't get the final injury report for a couple of hours, um, unofficially through Ron Rivera on Friday afternoon after practice, uh, which will be about roughly 2.15 Eastern time. Um, and the official, official injury report, including Pittsburgh's until later on. And I have to uh, get on the road uh, to Canton, Ohio to go visit my kids before I swing back through Pittsburgh uh, on Monday for the game. We need to record the podcast now instead of having the very latest information. So what I would suggest for you to do is check out uh, my, me on Twitter at uh, WrestleMania621, uh, as well at LockedWFTPod, uh, and uh, of course, Washington Football on SI.com at 
WSH, Football SI, uh, and we will have the latest information for you there throughout the weekend. And then when we come back and reconvene late on Sunday evening, uh, we will have Chris Carter, the host of Locked on Steelers, for our crossover edition as we lead you into Monday afternoon again at 5 o'clock at Heinz Field against the undefeated Pittsburgh Steelers. So again, that's kind of the schedule layout right now. The good news on the interior front, as we told you about on the last episode of the Locked on Washington football team podcast, is the team is getting healthier. So barring you know some sort of major setback, it looks like it looks like they're going to be able to get um, Cornelius Lucas back at left tackle. Morgan Moses should play again, barring some sort of, you know, he was only limited on Thursday. Um, so barring some sort of weird circumstance there, he should be able to play. Uh, and that should mean, should mean that Washington has a pretty good chance against a very good pass rush led by TJ Watt. Now, listen, Pittsburgh loses Bud Dupree. That is a big loss for them. There is no way to spin that. There is no way to really dodge that. Uh, you know, I mean, unfortunately, that happens and it sucks. And uh, it it is to the advantage, quite honestly, if we're being totally blunt, it is to the advantage of the Washington football team. It absolutely is. Um, but that doesn't mean that they don't have anything else to worry about. Of course they do. Of course they do. Because you look at Watt, TJ Watt, not JJ Watt, TJ Watt, six tackles, two sacks on Wednesday against Baltimore. He can still flat out get after it, as we know, a very good pass rusher. And they have other guys that can hurt you. They can blitz Minka Fitzpatrick. They have Casey Hayward. Uh, and Tyson Alu-Alu on the defensive line. Now, he's a little bit banged up. Don't forget, uh, you have guys like Vince Williams as well. Again, Dupree is a big loss, and it should help Washington, but it's not like they're not going to have to worry about anything here. Now, uh, just quickly on offense, if you look at the way Pittsburgh is shaped, right? Now, they threw the ball 51 times on Monday, on Wednesday, I should say, against a very good secondary. I don't expect that in any way, shape, or form on Monday afternoon. Why? Because I think James Conner is scheduled to be back, right? He was on the COVID list, but I don't believe he tested positive. We don't know for sure. I believe it was reported that he is expected to be back. So I'm working under that theory. They had Benny Snell, Anthony McFarland, the former Terp. Uh, they only ran for 69 yards or whatever it was. Again, Ben threw 51 times in a very close game. Now, listen, they like to throw the ball, but I don't expect, again, 50-plus times. So you'll hear when from Jack Del Rio, uh, I asked about Chase Claypool. I asked about Eric Ebron. I asked about Juju Smith-Schuster, just so you know. Now, you, you throw the ball 51 times, you're going to have a lot of targets. Ebron, 11 targets. Chase Claypool, 9 targets. Uh, Deontay Johnson, 13 targets. JG, uh, JJ, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, I should say, 9 targets. And Ebron had 7 catches. Claypool had 6 catches. Johnson had 8 Juju Smith-Schuster had eight. Now, they didn't have big yardage total. It's a lot of quick passes. Ben Roethlisberger gets the ball out of his hands. That's what they do. Uh, very quick kind of, 
you know, throw, so it's going to neutralize some of the pass rush. So that's going to mean Washington has to have really good tackling, really good tackling, and they have to jump some of these passes. Maybe not right away, because then maybe they could hurt you over the top if they see you crowd in the line of scrimmage. But I would expect, I would expect Washington is going to try and cheat down on the line of scrimmage and try and, you know, keep everything in front of them and close on it. Maybe like, an off-man coverage type concept where you're playing eight, nine yards off the line of scrimmage, which might give them the pass and the completion. But if you tackle them and take away anything over the top so that they don't gash you, if you tackle them, you know, then hopefully you make them go eight, nine, 10, 12 plays. And hopefully at some point during that stretch, you can force a turnover, you can get home, you can... Uh, you know, they're inaccurate, what have you. Otherwise, if you just let them do whatever they want, right, especially if they have Connor back and then you play off coverage because you're trying to take away anything over the top, right? You don't want to get beat deep and give up big plays as this team has done all year. You, you know, it's almost like death by, you know, um, like death by either choice, if you will. Uh, if you give up the big play, obviously that's easy. And and again, Washington has given up the big play way too often this year. People are going to say, well, yeah, if you if they nickel and dime you, then you're going to be in trouble that way. But look at it like this. Look at it as like a running team. Look at it as a, again, what they mostly are is a quick pass. I don't want to say a short passing team, but a quick passing team because they're trying to protect Ben. They're trying not to get him hit smart. And they're also trying to get the ball in the hands of their receivers. And that's all great, but you've got to be able to tackle. You've got to be able, while you're trying to take away the deep stuff, you've got to be able to come up in space and tackle. And Washington has been pretty good at tackling this year. I'm not saying that they're always great, but they've been pretty good at tackling this year. It's not like they're an awful tackling team by any means. So hopefully Washington will be able to force them into 10, 12 play drives. And if that's the case, if you can give up three instead of seven on a 10, 12 play drive, that's a win. That's a win. Now, the other key to that, of course, is your offense has to stay on the field on third down and limit the amount of possessions that Pittsburgh has, right? Because if they're going to keep your defense on the field and you're on the field for 10, 12, you know, you're going to get worn down and you don't want that. So just a couple of things to keep in mind. All right, when we return, Jack Del Rio, the Washington football team defensive coordinator, dealing with some of these issues that we're talking about. And then we'll hear a little bit from Ron Rivera right here on L-O-W-F-T. Good to have you with us right here on the podcast. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 
All right, guys, once again, when we reconvene Sunday night, we'll have Chris Carter locked on Steelers for the crossover normally Thursday. It'll be a crossover Sunday into Monday uh, as we look forward to the Washington football team and the Pittsburgh Steelers at 5 o'clock from Heinz Field on Monday. Again, a game I will be at, barring some unforeseen circumstance. So let's hear from defensive coordinator Jack Del Rio of the Washington football team as he gets ready for Big Ben and the rest of the Steelers. Um, but you've, you've been around the league for a while. You've had a chance to see Ben Roethlisberger throughout his years. Just one, what have you seen from him as a player development-wise? And then number two, with the set defense that you have right now, what is the thing that you're, I don't know, most concerned with or the thing that you're paying the most attention to or telling your guys to pay the most attention to regarding Ben Roethlisberger and some of those tendencies? Well, I can talk about my appreciation for Big Ben. Um, and, you know, I spoke with Mike Tomlin on the field last year uh, prior to one of his games. I think it was against the Rams. I was in town uh, doing some work for ESPN that day, and I, and I visited with, with the coach on the field. And um, obviously, he's happy to have Big Ben back. Um, you know, they, they, were, they were fighting uh, last year, I, I thought, valiantly uh, with, you know, a tough quarterback situation. And so... Obviously, um, watching him back, Big Ben back, and um, knowing what he brings to that team, you know, now obviously, obviously they haven't even been beaten this year. So, um, you know, he, he brings that calmness, that experience, that accuracy, that talent. And, um, you know, and he, he's a really good football player. So, you know, obviously add that to the defense that they play, and um, it's a pretty dangerous combination. So a lot of respect for Ben. We've we played against him over the years. Um, you know, I think he's a heck of a football player. And then regarding the stretching of the field, obviously some teams have had some success with some of those 50-yard plays on the defense and things of that nature. And with Pittsburgh, they have Juju Smith-Schuster and they have Chase Claypool as well, too. What do you say to your defense, basically, to, to, not to get behind the defense? It's just, what are you coaching, how are you coaching them up so that those kind of big plays do not happen in this game on Monday? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess we could look at – you know, a negative thing or two and just dwell on that, but that's not how we operate. You know, we, you know, we're, we're, a, we're a football team that attacks um, issues uh, front and center. And so obviously anything that hasn't gone well, we've talked about, um, we've got our eyes on the future and, you know, take advantage of our opportunities. And, and so that's really the way we approach it. We can go to um, Michael Phillips next. Hey, what's up? Um, question about the, the interior defensive line. Obviously, you guys asked them to, to change a lot of what they do against the run. Um, did, did you anticipate it that being kind of the uphill slog that it's been, I guess, for lack of a better word? And where do you guys feel you're at right now with, with getting everybody technique-wise to where you want them to be? I'm not sure what you're referring to. Um, we're playing excellent defense in most major categories. And I'm proud of the work that we're putting in and the effort that we put forth, and I'm looking for us to continue that. Uh, hi, Jack. Uh, I want to ask about the red zone success you guys have had and how much of that you think is due to uh, your defensive line or to what else uh, would you attribute the, uh, the way you guys have had success limiting opponents' touchdowns once they get close? Well, I mean, look, it's, uh, it's always a combination of playing – when you're playing good defense, it's always a combination of, of front and coverage working hand in hand. Um, you know, when, you, when you're fitting runs, um, it takes everybody, you know. So it's not about any one uh, segment, one position. 
it's it's a it's a team effort, and uh, you know our guys we've executed well. You know, we've got a big challenge this week, and you know they're they're one of the better teams in the red zone. Uh, they're one of the better teams in third down. Those are areas that we know um, they're they're one of the better teams in turnover ratio. And these are the three things that we focus on on a day like today. And and this is a team that uh, that is outstanding in all three of those areas. So we've got our, we've got a challenge in front of us. Hey Jack, um, with the red zone, like is that the biggest improvement? And you know, you guys are pretty high up in uh, every statistical category. But when you look at the overall change, like does it start with the red zone? Is that why you guys are so much better across the board, or what do you kind of attribute to those statistical improvements? Uh, we've got a group that's working hard that uh, that believes uh, in, in in what it's doing and how we're doing it and um, yeah I mean we've worked hard at it and we've got got a ways to go but you know we'll continue to push uh, we expect we have a high standard I've said that all year we have a high standard we expect to be you know ranked amongst the best in the league because we feel like we are and, uh, and and we're working hard at it and it takes Everybody and everybody contributes to it. And um, like I said earlier, we don't we don't dwell on mistakes. We don't dwell on negative things, but we certainly address them. And uh, and we move on and we build on the positive things that we're doing. We play with great energy and we're and we're building confidence and and, and trust. And uh, and I think you're seeing the result of those efforts. And then Ron kind of referenced that you kind of have to have like a certain mentality to play in the red zone or maybe it, it shifts. What is that like as a, a player? And do you notice that with your group now? Well, I, I, yeah, I, I think you have to have that to play good defense period. So, you know, we work on the mindset, uh, you know, the ability to, to rise up and, uh, and to find a way to hold them out. And, you know, we've got to continue to build on the things we're doing well and the things where, where we have shown, uh, Weakness, we've got to address that and make sure we understand, you know, you know how we can fix that. So, um, like I said, we've got a big challenge this week with, with the Steelers and how they attack it. Uh, Jack, we often talk about, you know, younger players, but uh, this year, you know, obviously with, with first-year uh, D-line coach Sam Mills, I wonder what it's been like working with him and how you've seen him maybe grow and, and develop. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, both, uh, both Sam and Chris Harris uh, are our first-time position coach coaches and um, I think they've been outstanding. I think both, both of them have been fantastic, uh, hardworking, good communicators, uh, strong presence. And, um, and we brought along and, and you know, installed you know, our system. And, um, and we had the same opportunity as everybody else to do it via Zoom. Uh, you know, all our meetings right now are via Zoom. Just like we're via Zoom, we've been meeting with our players via Zoom. So to be able to communicate, to be able to uh, to teach, uh, to be able to correct, to be able to do all the things we're doing. And um, we're not looking for excuses as to why we can't. We're looking for ways to get it done and make sure we're doing it at a high level. And and, and I think Sam and, and Chris uh, being first year uh, coaches at their position have done an outstanding job. And, and for you, you know, maybe even going back to, to your first year as a, as a position coach, what what is it about the, the season or as you go along throughout your first year that maybe you pick up or or, or learn or, or realize uh, that, that you might not have otherwise had? Oh, you're always learning. You know, to me, I, I, I watch a guy like, you know, Peyton Manning. I was with him in Denver and he every day he's taking meticulous notes. You know, every install he's taking meticulous notes, um, you know, 
that's the, that's the way the real professionals approach it. That's, I, I, I learn things every day. So it's, you, you never really have it. You're constantly evolving. You're constantly growing um, and, and, and adapting. And so, you know, that's, that's the challenge. But, um, you know, we're constantly striving to be better. And, and that's kind of the life of a coach. Hey, good afternoon, Jack. Uh, just curious, you know, like when, when you watch Pittsburgh, I mean, obviously yesterday they threw a lot because they didn't have the running back, I presume, uh, but against a good secondary and you have all these targets, how do you kind of um, game plan or address what to be worried and what to zero in on and maybe to try and take away when, again, they have three or four targets that they can really distribute across the board and they can possibly run the ball if they get Connor back by Monday? Yeah, obviously Connor's a good back, but I think they're capable with all their backs. Uh, you know, so um, you know we don't we don't ignore the run because Connor is is is, uh, is not out is is out or not out. So you know we've got we've got to play good defense. Um, yeah, that's that's the dilemma when when a team has good players. You know, the dilemma is how do you give you know each guy the necessary attention that that he demands or deserves, and um, that's part of working through it. So yeah, we're putting a plan together. Uh, looking forward to going out and competing. Uh, and, and just one follow-up. I asked Ron about this with uh, Juju Smith-Schuster and Chase Claypool, specifically those two guys. Can you give a thumbnail sketch of just what you see in terms of their styles or what specific challenges they might present? Yeah, Clay, Claypool's uh, been an exciting addition to them. Uh, you know, brings size, speed, uh, playmaking ability, uh, obviously, Big Ben has gotten comfortable with him, uh, likes him a lot. I think Juju, you know, I think he's he's established himself. I mean, the guy's a really good football player, very physical. Uh, and, um, you know, Ebron catches a lot of balls as well. I mean, they, they, they've, they've got a good group. So, uh, you know, no matter where you look, uh, tight end, receivers, backs, they've got very capable people. And obviously, with Big Ben pulling the trigger, it makes them very formidable. Hey Jack. Uh, Jack, as someone who's been a head coach and also, you know, coordinator in this league, uh, it always has struck me that your profession is one that's built on routines. You like your weeks during the season to kind of, you know, follow certain things and have an order to them. When it's a year like this and everything is chaotic and now your, your game might be Sunday, it might be Monday, your game might be in San Francisco or Arizona. How do you, does that rattle all that? Does that, you know, how, you know, where does that kind of fit in with that kind of need to also have everything lined up? And I mean, this generally it doesn't even just have to be out this team, just in general. Yeah, no, I think I think life in general, things things come at you different ways. I mean, how are you going to respond? So I think we've reacted, um, you know, I think purposefully, you know, uh, about our business and kind of like rolling with it. You know, that's what we have to do. I mean, things come up, changes, protocols change. I mean, I can't tell you the people, the people, the people that assist in setting us up. The operations part, I mean, what they have had to do, they're jumping through hoops, trying to make it possible for us to operate. Um, it's been incredible to watch the work that's gone into it. Just, you know, different rooms are up. Now they're, now they're down. Now you can go over here, you go over there, you, you know. So aside from just mask up, I mean, it's, it's pretty um, impressive what our people have done to support us and to allow us to continue to play. Uh, as coaches and players, to me, just focus on what's important. You know, don't get caught up in what you can't control. You know, just just take care of your business. And it doesn't and, make you want to pull your hair out when the schedule isn't exactly uh, the way it, it does. Uh, I just don't. I just don't worry about it. Like to me, like you, you could spend time and energy worrying about things you don't control, or you could just kind of understand what's necessary, what's needed, and stay within those 
you know, stay within the rules and do what you're supposed to do and get your work done. And that is part of Jack Del Rio. Thanks to WashingtonFootball.com. Back in a flash to wrap it up with head coach Ron Rivera. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, guys, once again, it is Chris Russell with you. Let's quickly hear from head coach Ron Rivera as he gets ready for the undefeated Steelers. Um, When it comes to what the Steelers have built um, with the stability of quarterback and head coach and just the culture they've established over years and years. Do you look at them as sort of a model of what you're trying to do in Washington? Absolutely. I mean, you know, because they've been able to sustain it. If you go back and look at it, there was a stretch now. It was rough for them, but they stayed consistent. You know, they, they, they stayed with what they had. They, they stayed with their model. They stayed with their philosophy. They stayed with their culture. And now look at where they are. So again, that's that you know they they are most certainly one of the teams that you do look at. You look at teams like that. You look at New England, you know what they've built there. Sure, they're struggling right now, but they're trying to stay consistent to the way they do things, and that's the most important thing. Good afternoon, Ron. Um, the last time that you guys had like a long break between games um, was after the bye week. The players were talking about how they really wanted to get to the game. They were so excited with the momentum. This time around, I guess, how do you carry the momentum um, into a different result this time around? There's still a little bit of a break here, but just the last time around, they were really excited about it, and there was obviously the loss, but how do you carry the momentum and possibly change the outcome of the game this time around? Well, I mean, again, it's really just about going out and and, and playing. I mean, you know, you you can do all kinds of things. Trust me, I I tried it in Carolina. I tried all kinds of things. Um, And and sometimes it's really just about going out and, and doing your job. And, and that's really the thing we've been talking about right now is, is just going out, doing your job, preparing yourself and, and doing the best you can. I mean, we'll see what happens. And, and, and you know, it's it's hard to say what motivates guys, you know, as we're trying to find out who we have. And, um, you know, we're doing some different things this week and we'll see how that all pans out for us. Do you want to shed some light on those different things that you guys are doing wrong? No, because that way, if it doesn't work, we'll do something different. Fair enough. Well, then my actual follow-up question is then with momentum and actually having, you guys have a short injury list this time around um, coming on the long week. So I guess my next question is then with momentum and a almost fully healthy team, how can that make the difference then with, um, with the game, I suppose? Well, I think the biggest thing really is, is is coming out and, 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 and being consistent in your performance. You know, one of the things that you look at and you look at teams that have had success, it's really about being consistent. You know, you, you watch their play through the first quarter, to the fourth quarter and, and, and they make things happen. You know, they're not waiting for anything. And that's one of the things that we got to do is go out and make some things happen, make some plays. Hey Ron, with, with Terry McLaurin, you know, we can see the numbers and all that. What are some of the little things that you see him do that maybe um, jumps out as a coach more so than just the stats? Well, I think it's really about the way he approaches everything. His, his, his daily preparation, uh, daily preparation in meetings, his daily preparation in getting ready for uh, for practice, his, his his daily preparations as each period goes by. Uh, you watch him getting prepared for the next period, the next things that he has to do. Um, those are the things that those are the intangibles that that you want all your young players to carry with them as they go forward and develop into their careers. 
what are some things that in, ter to, in terms of that preparation, what are some things that you see him doing to do that? Well, you just really by the way he he, he approaches meetings, the way he, he takes his notes, the way he he, he asks questions, um, and then you go out there and you watch him out on practice and you watch how he thinks through his routes. You know, you can you can see him going through in his mind um, in terms of you know like you, you sit there and he'll he'll you know and all of a sudden he'll do something like this and you know okay he's thinking about his release or he's thinking about widening that defender. So you can tell he's thinking about the plays as you know, he goes through it in his mind, getting ready for those plays to happen. I wanted to ask you about Scott Turner. When you have a first-year offensive coordinator, somebody who's essentially first full season, how you coach the coach just in terms of building his confidence in the, the habits you'd like him to, to have with his team? You know, as we look at getting prepared for the week, you know, just popping into his office and, hey, you know, say, hey, did you see this? Or, hey, have you thought about that? Um, you know, and, and sometimes he'll pop into my office and he'll say, hey, I was thinking about this, this, and this. What do you think? You know, so just having those little conversations, you know, pregame in terms of preparing to get ready for the game. Now, during the game, you know, I'll talk about the things that, that I'm seeing or things that are happening and say, hey, you know, they, they've, they're doing this or, hey, they prepared for that. You know, hey, have you thought about this? Um, and that's it. I mean, the one thing I don't want to do is, is I don't want to tell the play caller what to call. Okay, I want to talk about what what I'm seeing, and hopefully that'll trigger something that that that'll be a positive for him. Um, I don't want to handcuff a play caller um, because again, sometimes a guy gets into a flow and and he just goes with it, and good things happen. But I do want to talk with him and just throw ideas at him, and and hopefully something that makes sense to him. You know, um, I had a first time play caller in Sean McDermott. Um, I should say first time because he he had done it for a little bit, but had a guy that, you know, I was working with that was a young guy in Sean McDermott and we would talk and, and, and Sean would feed off of it and he'd do a great job, you know. Um, same thing with Steve Wilkes, you know, guys like that is, is that you want to talk to them and, and really throw ideas out as much as you want to sit there and tell guys what to do. Hi, Ron. Uh, I wanted to ask you a couple questions related to defense. First, on your team's D, what, uh, to what do you attribute the success you guys have had in terms of limiting opponents' touchdowns once they get inside the red zone? Well, I just think that, you know, it, it's a sense of pride. It's one of the things that I know Jack and his staff most certainly do um, emphasize is that when you do get down in the red zone, you've, you've got to make plays. You've got to hold them to field goals. And that's probably one of the things that the guys have really worked on. They've taken a little bit of pride. They took a little bit. They took a lot of pride in it. And I think it's just something that also has played to our favor because it limits, you know, what the playbook can be. And, and so, you know, with studying and preparing, you can anticipate what teams are going to do down there. And then uh, looking ahead to Monday, what, um, what has impressed you the most or what do you find most daunting about what Pittsburgh has been able to do on defense this season? Well, I think force the turnovers. I mean, they've done a nice job with that. You know, you've got to protect the football. Um, and, and that's probably the biggest thing that, that, that you have to be concerned with because, uh, you know, they, 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 they average about two takeaways, more than two takeaways a game. And they've scored the most points off of takeaways because of the shortened field. Uh, and so you, you've got to be aware of that. Um, Terry said yesterday that the way uh, Coach Hostler teaches uh, route running has helped him get out of his breaks easier. Have you noticed anything that, that Coach Hostler does differently or you know, goes out of his way to, to kind of help Terry and the other receivers with stuff like that? Well, you know, you know, I know you guys have noticed that, you know, during those individual periods, I've spent some time over there with the wide receivers and quarterbacks, just kind of watching. 
and um, you know, some of the things that I do notice is, is I do notice the way he does talk to those guys about their steps coming off the ball, about their body position, about their lean, all those kinds of things. Um, and there are little nuances that I know Coach Hossler has picked up over the years, um, coaching wide receivers and being a coordinator. I, I think that's probably the biggest thing is he, he, he draws from his great experience. And if you think about some of the great ones he's had, you know, you know that a lot of his methods are, are, are tried and true. And is Terry someone, since we only get to see the first 15 minutes, is Terry someone who stays after practice quite a bit and is still on the field, like catching jugs or anything like that? Well, early on he is. Early on. And by that, I mean earlier in the year. You know, now this time of the year, is we, we, we're kind of getting into it. Now it's about getting in, getting off your feet, getting some, you know, some, some treatment, getting in the ice bath, getting in the, in, in the, in the whirlpools, those type of things. Um, now is that time of year. Hey, Ron, good afternoon. Um, specifically, uh, when you're looking at Pittsburgh's offense, uh, and I'm not sure how many games you've been able to watch so far, um, Chase Claypool and Juju Smith-Schuster, what strikes you about each of those guys? And, and with Claypool specifically, has he changed a lot since coming out in terms of what you guys saw on tape coming out of Notre Dame? Um, and how do you kind of look at those two guys specifically? Um. You know, you, you look at them both, and, and you, you know, Juju is a is, is is a big physical receiver, got good size. Um, you know, and 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 he's a guy that'll battle for the ball. Claypool's got the speed, the quickness. He gets he gets some vertical stretch on you. Um, I don't see him much different than than what we saw him coming out. I mean, he other than he's he's a little more polished. That's probably the biggest thing you see about him is is he's a more polished player. Um, but Juju, again, seems to be that guy that, you know, at, at some point, you know, in, in certain critical situations seems to be the go-to guy um, and the guy that, you know, during the game that any any point he might throw it deep to is Claypool. All right, once again, thanks to WashingtonFootball.com. Hey, guys, are you looking for the best bets heading into Sunday's NFL action? Well, listen to Locked On NFL every Friday as your boy Q and Bo Brock are joined by a betting expert and an analyst from the Action Network. Get your full weekend preview and Sunday six-pack of winning bets every Friday on Locked On NFL. Subscribe to Locked On NFL wherever you get your podcasts. All right, that's going to do it for us. I'm Chris Russell. Have a great weekend back at you Sunday night into Monday. Get you set for the Steelers and the Washington football team. Adios. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.